Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. Tonight I'm joined by Simon Crust. I'm Batman. And Mark Costello. No, I'm Batman. Oh, that's just... <laughs> 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 oh, just oh, we're off. We're off to a great start. <laughs> so, uh, this where's this Tom week? when you need him? Yeah. <laughs> He's not Batman. <laughs> this week, Mark takes a look at Poirot's A Haunting in Venice <laughs> and uh, Sleepy Hollow in 4K. Yes. Uh, Simon discusses why you need the entire Psycho collection, which was a revelation to me in 4K, and how Spider Man Across the Spider Verse may be not only one of the best films of the year, but one of the best 4K releases as well. Uh, whilst I check out Past Lives and A Million Miles Away and revisit Batman Mask of the Phantasm in mm-hmm. 4K, which will spur us on to our theme of the week, which is to look at the greatest and worst, if there are any, are any bad ones, animated Batman movies. Batman. So, yeah, Batman. Batman. Bat, Batman. Bat movies. Bat movies. Um, <laughs> right, let's dive into competitions, Mark. Hit us. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we've, we've got three biggies. Three biggies, first of all. So first of all, you can win 500 Nicker to spend with MPB, the platform for selling and trading used photo and videographic equipment. We've also partnered with Peter Tyson, so you can win a pair of Bowers & Wilkins 607 S3 bookshelf speakers uh, together with AudioQuest Rocket 11 speaker cable worth a total of £919. But no, even that's not enough. We've finally partnered with AV.com so you can win a complete monitor audio and Roxanne hi-fi system worth a mahoosive £2,468. That's from AV.com. Now, that all includes a pair of monitor audio bronze, 500 floor standing speakers, a Roxanne Atessa integrated amplifier, and a visual cable pack. Wowzer. Mm-hmm. And on top of all that, Exclusive offers for patrons include the modern horror classic It Follows on limited edition 4K Ultra HD, uh, together with David Cronenberg's Crime of the Future on limited edition 4K Ultra HD, both from Second Sight, both awesome. Uh, We've got Fast X on 4K Blu-ray, The Flash on boring old regular 1080p SDR Blu-ray, plus a selection of my top 10 recommended UK Blu-rays for September, uh, including The Ship That Died of Shame, Blazing Magnum, which is awesome. Uh, Antichrist, Marlowe, and an Asteroid City bundle. So head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. And remember, all competitions uh, are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Done. Nice. Previous competition winners. Supporter Mm. David M won Shazam 2 on Blu-ray. Supporter Jay Finney won Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret on Blu-ray. Uh, supporter Lotus Land won two Anti Worlds Blu rays. Supporter Don R- Rogers Tash won three Musketeers D'Artagnan on Blu ray. Supporter Nafine won Lola on Blu ray. Uh, supporter Lotus Land won two Anti Oh, I've already. <laughs> You've already read that. Ron already... Burgundy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and Star Supporter UK Can UK won Sam Prekenprask Cross of Iron on 4K Limited Edition Steelbook. Well done, everyone. Some good prizes well there. Absolutely. And we've got new patrons too. Uh, Mark Four, clever. Jason Cassidy, uh, Jason LaRue, uh, who's a star supporter, and supporter George Luzo, uh, pardon me for the pronunciation, just upgraded to star supporter. Excellent. Uh, so thank you very much, all of you. Thank so, you all. Right, new star supporters, some... get over to those early access reviews. 
Yes, and mm -hmm. enter the really fat competitions too. Basically, everyone becomes star supporter. So uh, let's have some movie reviews and news. So it's still a bit quiet at the cinema, which is really no surprise. And it's going to be the exact words I say, probably at least for the mm -hmm. rest of the year. Uh, but Mark did manage to track down the latest Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie romp. Uh, I haven't seen the second one yet. I've, I've, I enjoyed the first one. The second one. First I mean, one was okay. I enjoyed the first one, but I, I just enjoyed it. I didn't go, oh my God, I need to see loads of these. Um, but I have been. You wanted to see more of his moustache, though, didn't you? Mm, <laughs> how, how he got the moustache. Mm. Anyway, I mean that's that's an Agatha Christie mystery right there. Yeah, it's it's not. I have to say, it hasn't been like Knives Out. Oh, I'm quite interested in Knives Out too. Um, Haunting in Venice, from the sounds of the style, that's actually got me intrigued, Mark. Although mm. you peg it as the last on the list. No. Okay. Just uh, Tell us about it anyway. Uh, so yes. So speaking from someone who is talking to you. Right this minute, from the very village from which Agatha Christie's most famous heroine drew her name, that's right, Marple. <laughs> uh, Hercule Poirot returns, or more importantly, Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot returns. What was interesting about this is, like you said, the the first film was was a romp. It was back to the David Suchet 70s Hollywood glamour ultra A-list whodunit. The second one, Death on the Nile, was something slightly different. Uh, it, it went a little bit darker. It started off with that incredibly bizarre prologue that told you as much about uh, Poirot's moustache as it did about how terrible the First World War was. Uh, but this one... Again, he's pushed the boat out and he's taking it in another avenue. Now, I think the first thing to note here is from the trailers, from a lot of the reviews, you'd go into this thinking this is some kind of horror film. It's not. I wish it was, but it isn't. What it is, is it is packed full of all the iconography, all the style, all the visual and audio tropes uh, of the genre. But just because it looks like a horror film and just because it sounds like a horror film does not a horror film make. Its plot is based on a little-known uh, novel called Halloween Party, which I haven't read. Uh, but it is uh, 1947, Poirot is in Venice. He is dragged from his stupor, uh, for which we know not why or what the cause is, by Tina Fey's author, who is an old friend of his. And she drags him to a seance because she believes that the clairvoyant, the spiritualist, played by Michelle Yeoh, um, is, is the real deal. So she begs Poirot to come along to debunk her, to give her something to write about in her new novel. So it's Halloween, it's Venice, they get dragged along to this seance in this huge, abandoned, gothic ex-orphanage, and lo and behold... A murder happened. <gasps> Who'd have dun, thought dun, dun. Uh, Poirot shuts the door and says, no one's leaving until I solve this. And so we settle in for a hugely stylist. I mean, it's incredibly stylistic what he's done here. Literally every shot, there isn't a shot that is 
straight on at you know a member of the cast it every every opportunity to look down at a skewed angle to look up across someone uh is taken and even within that none of the cast are ever ever central in frame they're always off like this and it's a really strange feeling because oh, we should all do that we should all do that just sit like yeah. that uh for those listening this is great podcasting <laughs> uh, but 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 as, as but as a as an as not just an aesthetic but as a as a mood enhancer it's always drawing you to look past the characters so it's full of these little stylish ticks and it, and it's incredibly ham- handsome Branagh has done a bang up job in giving this a gorgeous aesthetic unfortunately he didn't do a bang up job with the actual narrative or the mystery now much like death on the nile it spends far too long setting the characters setting the mood setting the mystery up and it feels then like you gallop through the meat of it it's it's not a body count film agatha christie was the grandmother of the body count work she invented the body count as it were and in this one I mean, I don't want to go into spoilers uh, about how many bodies actually <laughs> uh, crop up in it, uh, but it it gives the it makes the narrative slight. There's 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 not enough to it uh, to really sustain interest in in the story, uh, which is a real shame because I so wanted to like this. Honestly, from from those opening shots of a gothically empty fog-bound venice and there is a jump scare after like 30 seconds which blimey charlie wasn't expecting and i thought i i'm I'm in for this i am ready come on sir ken make me pap myself and unfortunately didn't uh it's still well worth seeing for people who like whodunits the cast is is good and yes, I even include jamie dornan in that who i've managed to just about forgive for heart of stone uh it's 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 worth seeing if you enjoy these kind of movies, but it is a shame that the narrative it feels like an afterthought in what should have been you know the backbone, yeah. the spine of the whole film. And now I I on my letterbox I gave murder an eight out of ten, I gave death a six out of ten, and I give this a six out of ten. I think it is as good as Death on the Nile. It suffers from a lot of the same issues of Death on the Nile. That again took some strange anachronistic left turns in its style and and spent too long setting up the characters and galloped through the meat of its mystery and it's the same here uh different setting different style different mood di- different atmosphere uh but similar kind of problems i i still enjoyed it i'm glad i went to see it it's probably a streaming view for most people and i'm sure it'll be on disney plus by the end of the year uh so don't be put off by my score it's still solid stuff but it is very much more of the same from death on the nile so good to know the butler do it <laughs> that 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 would be telling simon oh uh, butler always did it i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna wait i'm gonna dis disney plus the second movie and then by the time i get around to that i'll probably the third one as you say will be on there yes but um oh i have had the chance to see a film that uh that uh I did. I mean, it was. It's doing the rounds, and it's almost certainly going to be up for awards. Which is uh, Celine Song's uh, writer directorial debut, Past Lives. Mm. Uh, it kind of went over my radar and has had just almost unanimous praise, which it's almost 
completely deserving of i mean i i um it's a it's a tremendous little film it's uh, mostly in uh, korean it's it is it does claim to be english and korean but it's it is mostly in korean um but it's a uh, it's a superb little movie about childhood love and what that really means in the real world when everyone's grown up um and somehow the narrative without without any kind of hollywood style schmaltz i'm looking at every film ever made in hollywood (laughs) i mean i'm looking at the notebook something like that or or sliding doors you know just the angle they could have taken with this material if it was handled differently is is just very fanciful and dreamy and this isn't this is no less um intimate but it's very honest and painfully touching because you can relate to it if you if you think back i mean anyone who's had any kind of childhood sweetheart and anyone who's ever thought back that what if this really taps into the the what if sense and not in a hollywood way the hollywood sort of dream it's uh yeah it's painfully brutally honest and brilliantly acted it's greta lee um who is currently in the morning show and is the proper mvp of the morning show well that and jennifer aniston's botox they're fighting each other (laughs) but (laughs) i know who's winning but anyway uh it's well worth checking out Uh, and i'm almost fantastic get some awards and uh, brilliant for uh, a directorial debut really really I'm, nice work man. i'm re- really really tr- desperate to see it. in fact <laughs> for those that have read my top 10 i i got this one confused with return to soul <laughs> oh so i thought Kaz, i've already seen that i've already reviewed no i haven't what am I no, it, it has made me want to watch that though because uh, i wanted to you know i i, I know it's it's related but unrelated, but it has yeah, made it me is. want to watch it. It's it's a tangential story about returning to soul, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but... yeah, it, it, it is. But no, th- this one just sounds. I mean, as as a confirmed lifelong fan of Sliding Doors, uh, and I will fight anyone who says. Oh, I, I like Sliding Doors uh, as well. But yeah, it, I'm, no, I'm interested. I'm, I'm I'm interested to catch this. Yeah, it's so yeah, excellent review, Mister Harlow. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> right next. 4K discs? Yes, let's have them. If you enjoy the podcast on YouTube, then please like and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, then please leave us a rating on your podcast app. We invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at avforums. Right, so uh, Mark's seen Sleepy Hollow in 4K, and uh, you know, like a lot of comments on the thread of of your review, Mark, I don't think I've seen this for a long time. Like, game on you! Yeah, I know, but I I read game your review you. and I see the score, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and I see Christopher Walken, and I think, oh my god! But like, you know, so 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 you looked at the pictures and you looked at the numbers. Thanks, Kaz. I did. I did. In fact, I looked Makes at me the, wonder why looked at the numbers that. first to decide whether I needed to it's see all, it. It's all about the numbers. Right. So um, then in which case, the film remains the gloriously 
almost high camp ode to all things horror, uh, Hammer and Roger Corman's glorious uh, gothic Poe uh, Vincent Price adaptations of the 60s. It's wonderful. Uh, yes, Depp is practicing for Jack Sparrow, uh, but it's great cast of British Thespes. The glorious cinematography, and yes, Chris Walken and his razor-sharp teeth is, it's just a blast of brilliant Halloween fun. It's slightly darker than you remember. You, can, you I, I came to it thinking, well, this is just, it's just a little step up above, you know, Edward Scissorhands in terms of family-friendly. Yeah, it's not really, uh, but it's a huge blast of fun. Uh, however, the problem with it has been, and probably one of the reasons why you haven't seen it for so long, is it's been very poorly served on disc. Uh, especially in 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 this country and well to be fair in this country and the states so what we've got here for this new 4k is we've got a brand new 4k restoration of the 35 millimeters negative now i don't know if you can remember what the previous blu-ray looked like it was very early doors it was 2006 it was mpeg 2 wow. it was it it was the days when they didn't really know what to do with anything that didn't look like natural light. So the highly stylized, the bleached cinematography, the grain, well, it just looked like a very, a very poor, very digital, very processed picture. This has now gone back to, to, to its roots and has done away with all of that. And it's a glorious picture that's just held back from perfection on a couple of things. The grayscale is now, I say the grayscale, the, the, the contrast ratio, because it's, it's virtually black and white for most of it, apart from the splashes of color. The contrast ratio now on this initially seems to have been flattened a little bit because on the old version, there were really bright brights and really dark darks. But of course, the whites were blown out and the, the blacks were crushed. Here, you've got none of that. It's a glorious even spread of colors throughout it. The color palette with the hdr grade and the, the wide color gamut uh, hasn't really changed that much it's a slightly warmed up overall so instead of those searing digitally uh digital bright light colors you've now got something slightly more authentic slightly more natural but it still doesn't lose that stylized look there's a couple of instances where the grain completely disappears as a dream sequence uh with a very red door against a cream background and it just looks whoa it looks like someone's just spilt grease all over the image now of course the first thing you think about that is well someone's got a bit a little bit fruity with the dnr However, what's interesting, if you check the encode at that point, you look at the bit rates. This had a bit rate that was hovering around the top, the high 60s, low 70s. And at this bit, it drops to single figures on the encode in terms of bits. So you kind of wonder, was it hit with the DNR stick or is it just a bit of a lousy encode that's just not pulling that detail through? Now, those things, literally, there's three or four instances of that and they're a split second each. So by no means does that ruin the enjoyment is no by no means is this a paramount you know fatal attraction or planes trains and automobiles uh kind of problem not one bit uh it's still a glorious image through and through but you've just got to be aware that there's a couple of instances where well, it, it just looks a little bit different now when it comes to audio i was a little bit lazy in my audio review and before i'd even actually listen to the track i'd already written oh it's the same 5.1 dts hd mix from the previous disc it isn't it is a dts hd uh, ma 5.1 mix as per the last disc but this is a new 
And I don't know whether or not I call it a new sound mix or a new soundtrack or, or what have you, but it is not the same audio track that was on the previous disc here, which is very strange. This one, it sounds like it's been opened up. It sounds like it's been turbocharged. I listened, uh, I did spot comparisons to the third act uh, horse and carriage chase through the forest. And the hooves are now everywhere in the room as as opposed to feeling slightly hemmed in to, to to the front to the to the center speaker on the last one it goes much deeper it goes much louder uh it, it so for those thinking oh well it's just another 5.1 it's a different 5.1 and it is a better 5.1 would you have liked an atmos track well of course we'd like an atmos track but actually what we've got here is really good uh so that's another uh upgrade over the previous discs uh, however, there's always something, and in this case, it's the extras. And frankly, I'm really disappointed in Paramount for a film of this status, this beloved, uh, with 20-odd years, you know, since it's come out, we must be getting near some anniversary or something, to literally stick on two crappy EPK featurettes from the time and nothing else. And as if to rub our noses in it, Paramount, they wrote on the back of the box, you get a Tim Burton commentary. Well, you don't. <laughs> So they're even lying to us as to what we get on the disc, the swines. So this is it, Paramount, though, isn't it? This is Paramount. You, you did say Paramount. I did say Paramount. You didn't say, like, Arrow. No. You know, no, I Eureka. said Paramount. Okay. Said, or Second said, Sight? It wasn't Second no, Sight? No. Okay. So what were you expecting? Well, not not fibs, for starters, <laughs> you know. Uh, so so ultimately, th this disc, I mean, the other thing to say is I got it on the sexy new kind of steelbook, which is half steelbook, half media book for Bello. I don't know. And and it looks brilliant until you realize it's a it's a hugely heavy steelbook with an actual printed copy of the uh, Washington Irving short story inside. But but it, it, it doesn't there's no clasp. So it doesn't click short. <laughs> it's just it's just open. It's just, you know, oh, it's 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 a little bit crazy. Uh, but all things considered, I'm really pleased with this release. Yes, I can moan about the extras, but frankly, I can go to YouTube and find out everything I want to know about the film off that and Wiki and, and IMDb. I'm not going to let that put me off a fantastic film now with a fantastic audio and visual transfer. So I think for fans of the film, even if you've got the old disc, this is a revelation. Go pick it up. It's brilliant. Very nice. Very nice. I don't remember the last time I saw that film. No, I know. I it's been a put, minute. Put it on your Halloween watch list this God, year. Damn it, Mark. It's expensive even talking to you. Um, <laughs> which, which brings us to another set that was completely not on my radar. I mean, honestly, honestly, Sai. God damn it, Sai. Psycho is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. But Psycho 2, 3, and 4, I've, I've never seen or ever really... I mean, as you write in your review, they were made a lot later. I just mm. completely dismiss that. I read the review. I'm like, I need the set. I don't need the set. I've got the first movie. You do oh, need the set. No, you do need the set. It's really don't, Tom. Don't. And, I know and I do, podcast, but... um, Tom said, oh, they're all pretty good, aren't they? And we all sort of went, mm. <laughs> actually, it was pretty, pretty spot on. I mean, I've always had a soft spot for, for the second one. Um, third one's not quite so good, but the fourth one for a TV film, very yeah yeah um yeah so this is the uh, set from arrow that i received oh, a month ago i can't remember now three weeks maybe it's been uh uh been reviewed and is on the uh the early access for our star patrons it's been up there for about two weeks now 
Um, yeah, so we were given two, three, and four discs. The first disc we weren't sent, um, and we're assuming that's because it's exactly the same as the uh, universal disc. It appears to be, um, but we can't, we don't know that because we haven't got it. Um, so uh, for those who want to know about that, yeah, most people probably have that one anyway. Um, Psycho, you just say the word, everyone knows the film. Everyone knows who Norman Bates is. <laughs> the portrayal of, of Norman Bates by Tony Perkins is out of this world. It coloured his career for the rest of his life. Um, and he didn't want to be associated with that character, which is why it took something like 22, 23 years for the um, the, the first sequel to come to fruition. Because well, although there were moves to make it, um, they kind of knew that they had to have Perkins and he didn't want to get involved. Um, it was only when... Um, uh things were happening behind the scenes and think right we're going to do this we're going to do this um and he kind of thought well maybe i should get involved again it's been 22 years perhaps i should go and get involved and then it was full steam ahead he was involved and it was off um and of course it had to be a very different film didn't it because um after 22 years everyone knows psycho everyone knows the twist everyone knows the character so it had to be a very very different film and the way they managed to do that was because he's been released. Um, and uh, the questions posed by the film were, how would he react to being released into, uh, into back into society? And how would the people that he hurt react to him being released in society? Of course, it doesn't go quite so deep into that because this is a horror film. So we're, we're played on the, the fact that, you know, these people want to get him back uh, into the asylum. So they... Uh, I don't know, can I say too much? They 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 play with his emotions to try and get him to break, to turn him back into the titular psycho. And they do very well of it. Um, there's some fantastic chemistry between the um, uh, the two leads. Um, Mary, I think her name is. Um, and, and it works very, very well, despite there's some on, on uh, behind-the-scenes tension between the two actors. The actual chemistry that they have, and it works really well. And... Anthony Perkins is superb in the role. He is brilliant. You you feel like they're treating him so badly because they are, because of what he is and what he became. Um, so you kind of feel for the character and then you get that end scene and everything you thought, oh, he's, he's you know, they're not being fair to him. They're not being fair to him. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, yes, they were. <laughs> he needs to go back. He needs to go back right now <laughs> because it's brilliant. And it ends on a... Bang! And it's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's not all about the ending, of course. Much like Psycho isn't all about the ending. So, uh, yeah, a great film. The uh, sound and transfer, the picture on that one is very, very good. They've gone back, Arrow have gone back to the uh, um, original negative, scanned it in 4K. It's an, um, a natural, a uh, native 4K release in the aspect ratio 1.35 to 1. Um, and it looks spectacular. Grain is there. The colours are brilliant. It's natural looking. It's bright. It's dark when it needs to be. Black level's good. You can't really fault it. It's it's fantastic. Sound is, uh, what have they got on there? Uh, 5.1 and um, uh, 2.0. Uh, 2 That's right. I've got to think about this because it was, you know, weeks ago. <laughs> Um, and it's very good. Um, of, of the two, that yeah, that that's there wasn't too much between these actually. Um, 
I, I quite like both of them. And it depends on how you want to view the film. You know, the five foot one works well equally as does the original soundtrack. That works as well. So, so there's not really much. It's, it's whether or not you can live with the film wasn't shown with surround sound. But you have the option to watch it with surround sound. Yeah. So which is great. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the second, the, the second sequel, Psycho 3. Now, this was made three years afterwards, but it takes place about a month after the events. OK, so Norman is now uh, under the thrall of his uh, deceased mother again, and he's back to his old ways. Um, this film was directed by um, Perkins himself. And... Um, yeah, he's stylistically, it's pretty good. He's got some uh, quite clever scene changes and, and it's quite clever framing and blocking. Everything looks quite good. Um, but because we're now the mid 80s and we're at the height of the uh, slasher genre, it needed to do something to try and stand out. It couldn't live on the psycho name alone, unfortunately, which is a shame because it really ought to have done. So they upped the boobs, they upped the blood um, and it became... Um, far more exploitation, exploitative, is that a word, um, than the second one and indeed the, the third one and far over, over the top compared to the first one. A lot of it works, a lot of it doesn't. It kind of um, almost cheapens the, um, the character um, and the way the film is presented. It's not a disaster. Um, I think I give it a, a six, something like that. Um, there's a lot, it's got a lot going for it, but as, as part of how um, it fits into the, the hierarchy of the Psycho films, I think it's probably the, the lowest point. Um, they try to explain a whole load of nonsense about his upbringing again, which didn't add anything to the character. Um, in fact, it probably made it a little bit worse because they're trying to confuse the whole issue. You know, um, it was very simple in the first film. They tried to muddy it a bit in the second film to give motivation to the characters that were trying to put him back into um, the asylum. And then this third one, they tried. They thought, well, maybe we've made a mistake. Let's try and reverse it and put it back again. And that just made it all, oh, dear, oh, dear. So anyway, moving away from the story, let's go to the, uh, the AV quality. So again... Uh, brand new scan from the original ca um, original camera negative. This is deep and rich. Boy, oh boy, is this some vivid colouring. Really, really vivid colouring. It's a, almost a smack in the face. It's really quite good. The, uh, the Because the style of choice that he uses is a bit Argento in his lighting. There's loads of red, there's loads of blue, there's loads of purples, and they face the screen in light. And it really comes through in the transfer. It's fabulous. And the, the black level is great. So you've got a superb transfer there. Very, very happy with that. Um, the um, brain is all intact. There's no nicks of the, the scan itself is beautiful. Yeah, very, very happy with that. Soundtracks, uh, 2.0 and a 5.1. Now, I didn't really get on with the 5.1 with this one. I thought it was a bit too heavy. Um, very, very loud track. Didn't really get on with it so much. Um, whereas the uh, 2.0 track, I found much better balance. It was a much cleaner track mm. to me. Um, those who like something really loud and bombastic may may get more out of the 5.1. I just found it a bit too loud, a bit too garish, um, a bit too almost artificial. You know how some of those old tracks used yeah. to pump all the sound up to make it really bassy and heavy and good to good to listen to? It was a bit too much for my ears. Um, 
I much preferred the uh, the um, the 2.0 track on that one. So where are we now? We're on to Psycho 4. Now, Psycho 4 was made, again, two, two three years later. Um, Anthony Perkins was again involved, um, but this was a made-for-TV movie, which is um, a little bit odd because the other all, all the others were um, theatrical releases. So what what does that mean in terms of um in terms of the story? Well, essentially what what you come from the original screenwriter, he ignored the events of the first two sequels, two and three, and just said this is a direct sequel to the to the uh the first film. And on look at it on that level, it kind of works. As a film, I quite liked it. It, it tells two stories. Um Anthony Perkins is talking to a radio station, um, telling the events of his childhood, which is we've heard about through the the other films and now we we are shown exactly what happened not exactly what happened within reason um because we we are a, a tv film um and that, i i really like that it was quite good you know it's a bit Bates motel you know but done much shorter yeah time constraints it's only like a 90 minute film so there's it's packing a hell of a lot in to the to the short runtime there and the second half of it part of the film is um Anthony, uh, what's his name? Norman. Uh, oh, is that is that a bit spoilery? He wants to, he wants to kill again, okay? And that's why he rang the um, uh, the station, and they're trying to talk him out of killing whom he wants to kill, and he wants to do it, and he wants to do it, and he, so he takes the person he wants to kill back to his family home. And again, there's some terrific elements there. You know, him he is coming to terms with himself, the person he wants to kill, and his past, and all in all in one um short space of time. Um had it been a theatrical release, had they given it a little bit more time, I think that would have been the pinnacle of the uh the psycho franchise because it was brilliantly done. Um in the end it was a little bit rushed, or it felt a little bit rushed at least. Um and they just, you know, threw a firebomb and blew everything up, and that's kind of, you know, like a Thunderbirds ending. <laughs> Oh, oh, if there really was a Thunderbird. <laughs> there really was a Thunderbird ending. Oh. Um, uh, only, only one. Only uh, so. What have we got here? About, okay, so now the uh, limited release uh, of this set, um, which we were privy to, was there are two versions of Psycho Four. There's the theatrical uh, aspect ratio, one point seven eight, and there's the TV ratio, one point three three. Now. It was released theatrically, but not in America. We only, I, I presumably we saw it in this country, we were certainly released in Europe in the 1.78 to 1. And that's what the director prefers. Now, to get to 1.78 to 1, they've cropped the uh, the 1.33. So instead of it being uh, this wide, we go in a bit. So it's, yeah. So you fill the screen mm. by taking the top and bottom off. Um, so that makes it slightly more intimate. Doesn't reduce the picture quality or the detail or anything like that. They're almost identical when you see them, um, uh, particularly when you see them back to back. The 4.3 may have slightly more detail, or maybe a hair's more detail because it doesn't have that cropping aspect. So you don't have the the kind of zoom aspect. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, yeah, we're with you. Yeah, good. I um, mean, it did the same for Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, wasn't that open mat though? It was is one point three three they envisage it originally. Well, yes, we'll come into well, we'll come to but, that, they, but they cropped it to one point. They cropped it to make yeah. yeah. So you lose a little bit of top and bottom. Um, uh, so it makes it um, slightly more uh, intimate framing 
on the theatrical version because you're really up close. It, I mean, it's filmed very close anyway because you're you're, you're trying to get the uh, emotion out of the characters' faces as they're talking on the phone. Yeah. So um, in the four by three, you've got a little bit more top and bottom. So they're looking like this. But when you when you zoom right in, you're right up close to them, um, and that can help. So um, it's difficult to 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 say which is better. The 1.3 or the or the 1.78 because they've they've both got their pluses and minuses, you know. Um, At least you've got the choice. That's you've got amazing. the choice. That's it. Um, but the the picture again, stunning, absolutely brilliant. You know, it's like it was made yesterday. If anything, it had a slightly little bit more damage on the on the TV version, I guess, because that's been shown that much more. So the the, the negative was probably slightly more damaged than the 1.78. Speculation on my part. Um, but colours were great. Again, bathing the screen in blues and reds and greens. It looks absolutely awesome. Very, very, very good picture. Um, yeah, you couldn't fault any of the pictures on any of these uh, on this set. Absolutely outstanding. Um, soundtrack is only a, a 2.0, and it's great. Absolutely brilliant. Superb stereo effects on that on 4. Same track on, the, on both discs. Um, Absolutely brilliant. And then you come to the extras package. Now, the extras package is immense, all on the 4K discs, of course. Um, far, far, far too many to list. Go and go and look into the uh, onto the review and you can see. But each each one has got a whole raft of extras. Most of them are legacy, but there's new stuff on those new, new commentaries, new interviews, new features. I mean, my God, this set is absolutely outstanding. Who would have thought such a set would be worth the money? It's I don't know what to say. Brilliant. Absolutely worth it. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> Excellent work, Mr. Crust. God, between Bruce Lee and Psycho, it's just an expensive. Arrow is smashing it. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and also making people broke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Yes, basically. Um, okay. Can you also tell us about what I presume is one of your favorite releases of the year? The, oh, the Spidey. Spidey. Yeah, I love a bit of Spider-Man. I do like Spider-Man. Um, I hadn't rewatched um the first film. I can't even remember what it was called now. Into. Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. Into, yes. Um, um I watched it a couple of times uh, on disc when I when I first got it. What was it, three years ago, four years ago? Um, but I hadn't revisited it. And um when you did your cinema review, um, I was kind of in two minds whether or not. I wanted to see the second film um, simply because it's a part one of, uh, so part two. So okay, so yeah, it's yeah. the second part of a trilogy, but it's uh, part one of two. Part one yes. of two. Yeah. Um, so I'm denied about it, even though you were very, very excited about it um, in your um, review on site and uh, on our podcast. But I was a little bit in two minds, and then um, the disc came along, and I thought, right, well, let's give this a go. Boy, oh boy. What a film. What a film. It's tremendous. Absolutely brilliant. Um, much like the, the first film, much like something like Arcane, um, the melding of picture and sound is out of this world. The stylistic um, artistry they use to convey emotion through the characters is brilliant then you add on that soundtrack and it's it's out of this world um when when picture and sound come together it makes something truly special 
I always point there's two two scenes that I particularly like in Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, lighting of the fires, lighting of the signal fires, right when they're firing, and how how the score comes in. That picture and sound there, immense, absolutely immense. The other one is um, Peacemaker when the uh, bugs are released into the police station. Right, that again, another picture and sounds. You're all my favorite monster. Oh my god, works perfectly. Imagine that now, those scenes are what a couple of minutes each. Imagine that brilliance, but for two hours because that's what you get with uh, across the Spider-Verse. It's very, it's just it pulls you in. And it holds you there just when you think it's got too much because the visuals are all over the place and the music pumping, pumping, pumping. It quiets down a bit and it just look at this character. Look how this look what's happening here. Look how look at the distress they're in. Look how they're bonding on this tragedy. And then it'll ramp up again and you're going, mm. oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And you're sitting on your seat and you're watching and you're fully involved in it. It's absolutely it's a, it's a superb film. Of course, the the only negative about it all is that it it just stops. Uh, literally mid almost mid-sentence yeah, you know there's I no mean, conclusion there's no um wrapping up of anything um which is very very frustrating um and i know people have, have um mentioned um uh, star wars 2 empire strikes back but that kind of has conclusions to it whilst it doesn't end as such and it and it's open ended there are there is a climax to it and it pulls you together yeah yeah i've just watched dark night dark night returns part one that doesn't have an ending as such but it has a conclusion and then it sets itself up for the second one dead reckoning did well as well yeah but uh, this spider verse one doesn't do that it just it does a fast x yeah just there you go. Here's here's my team. Let's go. To be continued. And I wonder what that sound effect sounds like in Atmos. <laughs> ah, well, I tell you what. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, the the picture on on this disc is incredible. Um, you can't fault it. Ten out of ten every in every every direction. There's no way uh, to. Hang on a minute, say. Si. Surely that's not possible because isn't this a uh it's upscale? An upscale. No, yeah, no, you no, no, believe no, it. no, 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 no. Upscale pictures. Remember, listen to the internet, Simon. Upscale pictures that just look like poo. Yeah, John says no. <laughs> no, you, you, that's well. Anyone who, who feels that needs to see his film because it is immense. There, there's Gorgeous. you can't fault the picture. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, I mean, stylistically, the, the, everything is all over the place. But the the color there just beams off the screen. The black level is immense. The white is immense. The highlights are fantastic. It, it, you just can't fault it. And then you've got the Atmos soundtrack which is right up here and as far below almost to the center of the earth the bass is fantastic and it comes at you in all directions all the time the score is awesome the effects are brilliant oh, i love it you think do you think Simon enjoyed the disc has I'm, oh, I'm not quite sure. oh man he's not gonna quite sure disc of the year i tell you sit, it sit was... on the fence there so <laughs> Um, I've I've been very very fortunate um, with my uh, reviews over the past couple of weeks. The the Wicker Man, the Psycho set, and now this. Wow! Now I tell you what, 
I mean, they're all. I mean, they're all very high-scoring discs, but for different reasons. Yeah. Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Well, I've I've not seen the film yet, and I, ha- I have to admit, for my shame, I picked up a fairly cheap digital copy, and I have since I read Size Review, I've thought I've got I've got to watch this on disc. I'm trying. I'm trying to not watch it and wait for the disc to come in and off. Yeah, do that. Work. You can wait. Yeah. wait I can get wait. The yeah. disc. I, 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 it's I've worth it. Crap to watch. Yeah, yeah. It really is worth. And on your setup, mate, I'll tell you what. Yeah, your projector yeah. that I mean, big, you, mate. Oh, yeah. you'll be. And you know from the first movie what to expect. Yeah, the mm. first one looked. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty sweet. Excellent. Well, continuing the run of animated stars, uh, I took a look at um, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm on 4K. I am not sure any of us were really expecting this no. to hit 4K. I mean, DC, uh, I don't know how many letters to put in. Is it DC, EU, A, I don't know. A, A-U? A, A, anim- no, I don't extended know. animated, uh, it's lots yeah. of letters. Anyway, the DC animated universe is big. It's got loads of 50 titles, whatever. Hmm. And it's been it's been running for a minute. I mean, this is this is ninety three, so it's been it's been running for a, a good long while now. So much so that they've started remaking their own animated movies as new animated movies, Superman Doomsday. But um, I think uh, I think it's fair to say that it's been a lot more consistent than their live action movies. <laughs> um, but they haven't really given it much four K love. I know in the US, most of their more recent releases get yeah. 4K discs, but it, it's not like they've gone back and they've served up all of the originals, the, the earlier ones on 4K. And in the UK, we don't get any of that. We get get them on Blu-ray. I thought we got a box set. I think I thought they released a box set of a selection of oh they might have yeah random ones yeah, random set of like. I, that's it five or six yeah that's all we've got on 4k doesn't help you yes it doesn't yeah it doesn't help you because it doesn't offer you really any way of collecting them mm. um but they've gone back here and gone right back to the beginning and they've popped out uh mask of the phantasm on 4k uh itself uh a last minute decision of a movie because it was made i mean everyone who I'd like to think everyone who loves Batman has at some point discovered Bruce Timm's Batman animated series because it is seminal. Yeah, it is seminal. I mean, I I remember it as a kid and Mm -hmm. I I remember thinking, wow, this is pretty good for an animation. (laughs) This is, this is pretty good right here. And, um, and they, they did a season of that and then they, they did this, uh, this movie uh, it was planned to be kind of like a TV movie. It's all of the same animators. It's all of the same uh, voice cast. It was going to be an extended TV movie between season one and season two of the animated series. And then, uh, I guess, because of the popularity of Batman in the intervening years, they went, whoa, let's make this theatrical. Uh, they didn't give any time to make it theatrical. They demanded it the uh, theatrical aspect ratio, which we'll come on to in the presentation. And and they served it up uh, a little bit rushed in that regard. But I actually think it stands up as as one of the, the best Batman movies. Absolutely. It's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous watch. And I got to revisit it this time around uh, with the kids. 
And what was lovely about it was I was showing them a, a Batman animated movie with uh, a completely non-linear narrative. The kids are like, oh, what's happening here? And <laughs> I'm having to explain to them, this is a flashback and this is this and this is it's fabulously mature viewing out yeah. of a animated Batman movie. And um, they they do the story so well, like they, they fuse in so much into such a short running time. It's lean and efficient. It tells uh, bits and pieces from both um the graphic novels of year one and year two in Batman's history, year one being how he became Batman. They tell that in flashback, but from a different angle. They tell it from the angle of him also falling in love. And they tell year two or a version of year two. Uh, year two is where he comes across some something like a vengeful, another vengeful um, vigilante, only one who kills. And uh, they adapt the Grim Reaper from year two into someone who ties back into his history here uh, and starts going around killing all the crime bosses in Gotham. It's really, really nicely done. It's a it's a fabulously taught narrative. Uh, voice cast a tremendous. I mean, one of my favorite Batmans is Kevin Conroy. Uh, the late Kevin Conroy. I, I I know we all always pick through the live action versions, but he was just so great in it, and he rarely got the chance to get this emotional while still being in character, which was nice. Um, it's got Mark Hamill as uh, one of the greatest Jokers. Um, it's a it's a great cast, a, a really nicely put together movie, um, which we'll come on to when we look at all of the movies in the batman animated series my god mm. um it's uh it's been given i mean warner who apparently don't often give this detailed press releases they say it's sourced from a 1993 original cut camera negative and scanned at 4k resolution uh digital restora restoration was applied to the 4k scans to remove dirt scratches and additional anomalies but special care was given not to touch the film grain or the animation cell dirt, which was an interesting thing. Mm. So they've done an insane restoration on it that removes dirt, but not cell dirt. So you have a very textured image. I mean, in I mean that's the best dirt. That, that, that's <laughs> the dirt you really want to see. It's yeah. crazy. Well, part of they're saying part of the original artwork. I mean, it's it's above and beyond this yeah. level of cleanup process. But what you have in in viewing is a beautifully restored animated movie from you know 25, 30, 30 years ago. It looks thirty years ago. Oh, yeah, no, I know it's crazy. It <laughs> looks tremendous. It's it's all those classic kind of gothic style stylings, but it's um, been sumptuously brought back to like twenty twenty three life. Uh, the 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 I've got the digital copy as well. I watched it on uh, Apple. It's 4K. It's Dolby Vision. It looks very nice. And if you didn't have the disc, I think most people would go. This looks pretty nice for a Batman cartoon. But my God, the disc blows it away. It's refined. It's detailed. It's it's just leagues above it. Uh, it's a it's an amazing presentation. They do really well, and I don't have any beef with the uh, theatrical aspect ratio. 
as far as I can tell, what happened was during the early production days. So you need two hours to turn around the entire animated movie. And a year into that, they got told they wanted it theatrical rather than um, just 1.33 like the show. And so the people who were animating it still had a year, which isn't ideal because normally you have the two, but they still had the time to go back to their original plans for the shots and plan them in such a way that basically you coped for both. And if you look at comparison stills, you can see there is a lot of dead space. I I I like the the full um, widescreen ratio they have here. It gives it a very cinematic feel, and it's a very cinematic movie. So I don't have any any problems with what they've done there. Uh, nice. But but to Simon's point, I would say I do understand that it would have been preferable to have the choice. So I can see why some people were a bit miffed because I think they had the choice in the last Blu-ray release. Um, the 2.0 and 5.1 tracks, the 5, uh, 5.1 is remixed. I mean, uh, there's there's something great about the way that opens up the stage. Mm. Uh, it's a very, very immersive mix. Um, I found out that Zimmer was on hand on, on the synth for this one, and uh, which is a nice little... Nice little nod there, but um, it's it's a lovely score. Apart from Tia Carrera on the closing track, which is up there with some of the worst choices to Tia like sing Carrera. out. I know it's it's like you watch the movie and and you feel like they've brought this thing into twenty twenty three, and then she starts singing at the end, and you're like way back in ninety three again. <laughs> I was going to say, is that like a Wayne's World outtake? It, it was a Jesus. terrible way to close the movie. Anyway, sounds fantastic. There's a nice, nice selection of um, of extra features. Insofar as they've they've done a retrospective on Conroy, I mean, nice. they should have done more, needed. sure. But needed. yeah, that's a, it's a nice touch, and it's the right time. Um, and I did like the steelbook set. I I do like the new artwork. Um, but yeah, that that one comes that one comes recommended, and it was really Hooray! nice revisiting it. Um, yeah, it's I, a shame that the Stanaverse has been put back a month. I know. We were yes. hoping to get it today to encourage people to get the Steelbook. Oh yeah, saying. true. Just saying. Um, I've got a a bunch of a bunch of actual in hand copies of movies here. Oh, like, I know, I know, and I've got to do it. I've got to do this thing where we show them on screen. It's going to spoil it for all of the people just listening. But I've got to do it because some of them are gorgeous and I just need to make you guys jealous. So I've got in hand <laughs> the Wicker Man set. Oh, Look at right. the girth on that. I'm, it's I'm all nice. about the girth. Oh, yeah, that is. You don't even need to see what's inside. No, um, it's empty. Yes. It's like Mulholland Drive. It's just an empty box. box. I mean, this one, this one's... Look at that pop oh, I'm all pop. about the pop-up. I mean, that's very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, and Tom would be wetting himself over all that paper. Yes. <laughs> it's got a... It's got some... We're discovering what's inside. Oh, for those that aren't, for those that don't no, have no, the luxury not, of visuals, Kaz is <laughs> yeah. struggling with a poster. Yeah, I'm struggling it's with a poster. Particularly tricky. Cards, art cards. Nice. Yes. 
I mean, the Kaz whole... has the look on his face that makes makes you realise he doesn't get to open disc boxes. I do not. I never get them. I just get the <laughs> I just get the PR discs, and I've got all of these gorgeous sets here. But actually, it's got a a lovely little book in there, printed nice. book. And then at the very very bottom, you've got the the Is fold that... out. There we yeah, go, man. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Yes. that. Yeah. Oh, I, my, my, I, I was going to say yes. I can't oh. wait for. Amazon to deliver mine on Monday, but let's be honest, we all know that ain't happening. Yeah, I mean, Amazon have been having a come on, Bezos, recently. Crap out. I don't know what that is about. Yeah, you're gonna have to walk in somewhere. And if that's not enough, for those who don't have this set, I was also able to get a hold of. And I have to say. That is a gorgeous. That steel is gorgeous. It's a really nice. I mean, I have to say, let's be honest, spoilers. But you know, <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, okay, Jesus. yeah, fair, fair enough. It is. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't look too. Yeah, do not see the film. Yeah. Burning yeah. Wicker Man. Don't, don't look at it. Who's in yeah. there? It's Nicholas <laughs> Cage. Who is that in there? Yes, Nicholas Cage, not the bees. But yeah, that's a. Uh, that's, that's. I mean, it's much more simple. simple it, it, it is that's got all. That's got all. missing the CD. CD. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad I've no stuck CD. with the pop-up version now. No CD. Yeah, there's no yeah, CD. I think it's just a it's limited edition. Hidden in there, unfortunately. But I have to say, for those who haven't bought the limited edition, the Steelbook artwork is, is really It is, nice. it's really good. It's a really nice set. I'm also going to give a quick shout-out to uh, the Wave 2 of the Film Vault collection. I mean, we did Wave 1 back in the day. They didn't send me Jaws. Or uh, 2001 from Wave 2, which is a bit annoying. So basically the two really good ones then. Mm. Yeah, the artwork on those is stunning. They're amazing. I mean, this is is the Shawshank one, and uh, I've opened up the Apollo 13, and we actually reviewed this on the site. I mean, you'll you'll see all of that. Mm. They they apparently have upgraded these sets, Um, but if you have Wave 1, then you'll find they're basically exactly the same kind of style so and, and let's be a... clear here it's, it's the same disc isn't it this is just it is the same extra off yeah, disc tat. let's not talk about yeah i mean if you want to talk about extra tat you get uh i, I mean it's hard to show oh yeah yeah there it is wow it's a piece of clear perspex with some I mean, writing in it i mean wow we're gonna say this is this is in all of the film vault collection things and and the difficulty with it is that it's really quite heavy in what is otherwise quite a light set and if you're if you're not super careful the whole thing can come out with this massive thud of glass um the actual discs come in a tiny cd size sort of fold out which yeah, I mean, I'm not, oh, I'm, I'm not, not I'm not going to compare to to the Wicker Man, but like, I, I yeah. guess it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's a completely different style. If you started collecting these massively oversized um, film vault collections, I mean, the artwork is very nice. It's got the a artwork, little, little the artwork box is beautiful. With, it's got all the art cards. The art cards have quotes on them. It's got photos from the film. I mean, it's a it's a nice looking set and and I do like the box art and I do like these oversized boxes that are all kind of consistent, you know, vault number five, vault number six, stick them alongside each other on your shelf. I quite like the idea of that. And it's certainly going to get people in. 
their film choices and their regularity with releases not sure about and certainly with Apollo I mean it's hard because uh, you know Apollo Goodfellas you're wondering whether it would have been nice to have slightly newer discs mm, for these no but, but anyway there's our unboxing for those time. it was uh it was a thing um <laughs> mark tell us what's up oh coming right i haven't given you a lot of time for this so we're going to start this side of the atlantic this month uh arrow have unexpectedly done what we kind of expected them to do at some point but they've announced it for the 13th of November is they're deciding to release their amazing Bruce Lee films as individual sets. So we've got four coming in total, Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Away the Dragon, and a combo of Game of Death 1 and 2. A lot of people thought that the standout special feature from the box set, uh, the final Game of Death, which is exceptional, would be exclusive to the box set, but it isn't. It is actually coming as part of the Way of the Dragon doesn't make any release. sense, Mark. That doesn't make any sense. Well, well you got the what, wrong movie. I, I think what they're saying is they're <laughs> saying that, that the way the dragon now basically encompasses Lee's directorial oeuvre, if you like, because he directed Way of the Dragon and he was directing Game of Death. No, that, that no. that's the thought process. No. But anyway, that's anyway, a bad uh, thought process, Mark. That's Put it on the Game of Death. It's not me. It's not me, Kaz. Can you tell I, I'm not in charge the... of this. Uh, right. So uh, that's, yeah, 13th of November for all those. Studio Canal have announced Jim Jarmusch's cult favourite, Ghost Dog Way the Samurai. That's coming October 23rd. Looking forward to that. Warner Brothers have announced the Ace David Bowie doc Moonage Daydream for a 4K release on December the 11th. Uh, on the same day as childhood classic Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, not at all unsuspiciously timed with the cinema release of Paul King's new Wonka film there at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, and uh, for it's we're coming up to Halloween. We can't get away with it with a good old Halloween release. And Paramount have finally confirmed Scream 3 is coming uh, on October the 2nd. Uh, however, come on. It's not the entire franchise. Where is Scream 4? They're probably saving that for next year, the swines. But we'll let them off because they're also bringing us Rosemary's Baby on October the 9th. And that that little independent film that no one's ever heard of and no one really saw Dead, dead reckoning. Put, put one. I don't know what that is. Uh, yes, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One is coming on the sixth of November from Paramount as well. Uh, so sticking with Paramount, but crossing over the Atlantic, uh, Paramount US have announced Star Trek: Strange New World season two. It's coming on December the fifth. So I expect a similar announcement over here. Disney have announced Haunted Mansion on October 17th, but no one really cares, <laughs> uh, especially because everyone's going to be buying Lionsgate, US announced uh, Horror Smash. Talk to me on the same day. Uh, I'm, I've got to mention Kino, who are prepping uh, another Clint special, the Iger Sanction, for some time in early 24. Oh, nice. But that's not the real reason I wanted to mention Kino, because what I really wanted to mention them for is in exceptional 1080p news, they're also bringing us the amazing early 90s noir Tarantino riff, uh, Two Days in the Valley, which is famous, as we all know, for one of the most amazing catfights between Terry Hatcher and Charlize Theron who's basically a bit naked. So, you know, that's ace for everyone. That's coming on November the 14th. Uh, finally, Shout Factory are coming uh, coming up strong. Actually, this month, they've announced Fargo coming on November the 7th. And perhaps most 
And more importantly, we're ending on a high here. The original action classic Point Break is coming Ooh. on January 24th. Oh so awesome stuff there. However, as is my want in recent uh, podies, I'm going to end on a rant. <laughs> and, I'm go- and I'm going back to, yes. Paramount. It's, Paramount. It's another yeah. big major Hollywood studio, and it is Paramount. Now, for those of you that are keeping up with releases over in the States, uh, a, a, an interesting box set dropped called Paramount Scares Volume 1. Hmm. And you think that's great until you look at the five films that are included in it. So there's four films, which are just a complete random selection of previously released 4Ks. Rosemary's Baby, uh, Cat's Eye, Crawl and Smile. I mean, what the hell have they all got to do with each other? But even more hilariously, the fifth title is a mystery title. They're not announcing it. Oh, my God. What the actual F Paramount? (laughs) What are you trying to do here? Now, as ever, the rumour mill is going over time, and a lot of people think that it's uh, the Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd film, which, let's be honest, could you imagine buying that set hoping you get a decent fifth film and you wind up with Sweeney Todd on 4K? (laughs) Holy crap. So basically, Paramount, have a word. Just what are you thinking with this mystery film crap? Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Sort your DNR application out, not this fancy marketing guff. Stop it. Tomorrow's Abby are going to tell you there are only like 500 units left. Get one. I'll be buying it. Don't worry. (laughs) It's it's got a mini reprint of a Fangoria collector's edition in there, as well as a collectible logo pin. I'm all over that crap. I'm not. (laughs) Right. Very good. Thank you, Mark. Next up, it's streaming and TV show news. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to patreon.com forward slash AV Forums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the Super Chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash AV Forums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. I'm going to really quickly shout out to Amazon's A Million Miles Away. Uh, for being to shout loudly it's a long way away surprisingly heartfelt and inspirational it could have been absolutely <laughs> terrible it's a true life story uh it's kids who basically goes from picking fruit and veg and traveling around the country uh, as a, a an immigrant pulled around by his family who who don't really earn enough to barely survive uh and decides one day he wants to go to space. It's an impossible story. Absolutely it's not impossible. A spoiler, is it? It's no. It's an not given the picture Kaz splashed all over Just, his review. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's really <laughs> it's a really lovely, well put together movie. Um, it, it could be saccharine and horrendous and really tough to watch, but they make it very natural, very organic. And lovely little beats like the uh, the way in which just one kind of kind word from a teacher can really impact a young child's mind. I mean, it's it's been it's, it's been really nicely done, and I strongly recommend it. it you know, the trailer, the the um, even the artwork for it is horrendous. <laughs> it's enough to put it's you like off. anti-marketing. That's it what is. it is. It's it's just playing to what 
you'd expect all these movies to be like but this one they they really do nail it down and and what helps is little things like doing uh using real footage of the real you know space launches in the background i mean rather than going for some cg romp um for any of the footage that really happens they use the real footage even though it's grainy even though it's a bit shoddy and it stands out in this 4k amazon presentation i mean it's um it gives it a, a feel of authenticity um uh, nicely acted nicely put together recommended lovely family film Hooray. um and i'm gonna say i'm not gonna really talk much about warrior on it's because i recommended great it show. last yeah. time and simon went and watched it mark watched one liked it and then won't watch anymore because he didn't no 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 no. i didn't watch one you said watch five minutes so i watched oh, five God. minutes. Oh. it was pretty good what Start at the beginning and go all the way oh, through. Oh, have you it's seen awesome. how much crap I've got to watch? Yeah, we honestly. don't have to watch the crap. You can I just do. go with the good no, stuff. No, Kaz gives it. He makes me watch crap. <laughs> honestly, you should see the guff he sends. All what, right, like, to be fair. Like the others. And the Hellraiser box set. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you off that stuff. But I don't have time. I will. I will. I'll get to it, I promise. And plus, but, let's be honest, I'm Bruce Lee out. Come on. Well, that's why I thought it would appeal to you. But Sai, you enjoyed it. Just oh, those. mate, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's an awesome show. I really, I really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah, the uh, the the Banshee influence is well and truly all over it. So yeah, the and there's, uh, I mean, I've only what I'm eight episodes into the first season. Um, it's episode six, Blood and Guts, or something. It's called the one that's almost standalone when they go to the, um, they're they're taking the coffin back and they're they're on a standoff in the. Um, in that saloon oh it's just absolutely awesome totally epic yeah. i love it i love it it's very nicely it very is nicely put together yes uh, i wow. may watch five minutes of that episode tonight yes Pun- punching can beat <laughs> bullets any day you watch oh, oh we all know that uh, we have finally after a very long time managed to make it to our, our theme of the week we're really going to work on the timing here <laughs> start I with mean... a theme next time kaz you know maybe I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, This is best and worst animated Batman movies spurring off from Mask of the Phantasm. Go on, Mark. Tell us your best. You you want me to start? Okay. Uh, I am going to stick my neck out for Gotham by Gaslight. That's because you're weird. Yes. (laughs) Now, what what I love about all of these animated films and why they are so much more successful than their live-action counterparts is they're not afraid to just go bug nuts insane and not a little bit you know we've got a multiverse well you know what that means it means oh we just get another actor who played the exact same character a few years ago i mean come on let's let's be honest the multiverse is more than that and obviously the way the animated worlds and the elseworld films and all that come together it's not like they're all linked but but each individual film plants its flag in in the ground for its own little corner of insanity and gotham by gaslight just tickled me it is prop it is batman in victorian london this isn't some strange retro future steampunk victorian london no this is actual victorian london so you've got you've got batman still he's batman but he doesn't have all his tools you know he doesn't have all those wonderful toys he the technology isn't there for him to do his usual stuff so things like a prison break suddenly becomes slightly more, you know, slightly more tricky. 
trying to follow someone with no DNA or anything like that, also slightly tricky. And it's forcing the character of Batman to still be Batman, but in a completely different environment. And what I love with it is what it does with some of the other characters. So, so a lot of the characters, the rosters that you love are still there. So you've still got Poison Ivy. You've still got Jim Gordon. They're all in here, but they're all very different takes on the character. And I just really love, I mean, it's Batman versus Jack the Ripper for starters. <laughs> you know, I mean. That was always going to get you, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, frankly, you know, he could start any film with, yeah. you know, Blank versus Jack the Ripper and I'm there. Right, but yeah. Batman versus Jack the Ripper is, is, is awesome. But I especially liked what they did with, with the narrative rant. You know, the reveal of who the Ripper is is just phenomenal in this. And it, and it still brings the spectacle. You know, it, it ends atop a fiery Ferris wheel. And I, I just thought it took that concept of a different Batman to a fantastic extreme that worked as a Victorian noir horror film oh that just so happened to star batman so yeah i am a huge fan of gotham by gaslight but i will admit kaz and i know that this is your pet peeve i haven't read the the graphic novel. i mean it's it's not so. a pet peeve it's it's just that i'm i'm almost envious because i want to have this much love for gotham by gaslight i want to love it the way that you describe it everything that you describe about it is true but I suppose the difficulty I have is that I don't like it for the reason that you don't have in your life, which is mm -hmm. that I've read the uh, Gotham by Gas Gaslight graphic novel and I've read the sequel Master of the Future. And the way it kind of bastardizes both, changes the twist, adds in the fiery ending of Master of the Future. I mean, it's it, they are tremendous elseworlds novels and they could have been done as as is yeah so but not, I, not in a single 70 minute film they could have just done the first one as is like they didn't have to use the second one at all just for a big wham bam mm. finale well, well to, I mean, to be fair i'm comfortable in my idiocy so I, I, no, I, no, I know, and I, I, yeah, I completely. <laughs> Thanks, I. I can. I'm as I say, I'm I'm envious of it. My difficulties with it, and I will revisit it. My difficulties with it is I just want it to be a really good adaptation of what is an excellent graphic novel, and and they they kind of Batman versus Superman it, unfortunately, mm. a little mm. bit, and and so I I can see why you love it, and and I I would like to. I just don't know whether I can ever unsee the original novel, but it's a lovely pick, and and it and it is the overall theme for this, which we'll we'll celebrate at the end. Which is there isn't a bad. It's hard to find a really bad one in the lot. I'd certainly watch it again. I'd certainly watch it again mm. and enjoy it. Yes. So um, so it's a nice pick. Sorry. Thank you. What are you telling me? So uh, I'm going to go with one of the best adaptations of a. Uh, comic book to screen which is uh the dark knight returns is that right it is mm -hmm. yeah frank miller yeah the it's, um, don't yeah, want the cast for approval sir you be firm in your choice <laughs> it's absolutely it's absolutely <laughs> one of the one of the best it is one of the best adaptations yes. because uh Even it almost, it's almost putting the uh, the comic on the screen you know, it is, uh, yeah. even even down to some of the actual pictures that they use. Yeah. 
that flash of lightning when he's jumping. I mean, that is the cover of the artwork. I mean, it's, it's all there. And it's a, it's a seminal um, uh, comic book or graphic novel, I think they called it, when it was released. Um, Batman, as an old fart, um, comes out of retirement and is, is a total loony. You know, he's he doesn't want to just stop people. He wants to hurt them while he stops them. So it's and it's brilliant and i love it um and it's um so we spoke about it earlier didn't they split it into two halves because mm. it's such a uh giant novel which is um, the right way which, which is, is the right, is way. The right and way and they and they ended it well yeah. um yeah um first half is about his attack on the mutants and the way he beats the mutants is by using his brain not his brawn typical batman fantastic second half is his um uh battle with uh superman which I've just watched this evening again, and uh, yeah, it's um, the way that they they bring the, the 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 fight between them very very clever. You know, not like um, Batman versus Batman versus yeah. Mother! Yeah. Mother! <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, no, it's, they give it a reason, don't they? They, they give actually, it a reason. They give yeah. it a real reason, and and the fight is absolutely epic. Mm. absolutely epic fucking ah, brilliant absolutely brilliant and they they call in different all different characters to to help in this uh, ultimate battle um and i just love that one line no no the man who beat you ah oh, come on come on i mean <laughs> it's, it's, awesome. it's very nicely done i do it's just... beautifully done and it's right out of the book right pages are out of the book yeah yeah, I think, um, uh, very difficult to top that one. But Kaz is going to try. He's going to try. I don't know whether I'm going to try and beat The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that's a tremendous choice. Uh, and and everything they did right with that, they didn't do right with uh, Year One, which I also yeah. enjoyed. Mm. But that was also Frank Miller. And they didn't get to the, the grittiness of Year One, which is a, yeah, a bit of a shame. But anyway. Um, if I had to pick one that isn't those two, then I would go with uh, the left field choice of the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it here. I'm, awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, like who would have love, thought? I love the Dark Knight Returns, and I love all the straight movies, uh, but and I love the Lego Lego movie, but yeah. I never expected to love the Lego Batman movie as both a hilarious Lego comedy and a Batman. And a Batman. Like yeah. it, it really knows it really it's Batman. Is, yeah. it's, it's really going to go through all of the different crisis modes with pictures of the photos and then a shot of the 60s show. I mean, uh, it's really going to have Batman like roll and say, no, 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 no. And then just to top off that, just to top off that moment, he does the Batman tune, does the no, 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 no. And then at the end, he goes, beatbox the end of it. It's, it's, it's just epic. It's so funny. And it, and it manages to surprise you even within the jokes it's telling as it's telling them. I mean the the interactions, the um, the the relationship between Batman and the Joker. I mean, it's uh, the it's it's just so well done. Um, non-stop entertainment for mm, kids, yes. but it's the adults who've grown up with Batman that are really going to get everything out of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's just all Bam. the little Fantastic. little nods. It's yeah, it's there. Yeah. Uh, are we going to suggest that there's 
I mean, we can say there's a worst, maybe, but okay, go on. Tell me, tell me your worst. Yes, I, oh. I, I will venture uh, of the 38 animated films I have watched. Well, only Batman I, ones. You can't just go left field. It's just on, movies with Dracula here. But, but of my 38, my <laughs> lowest rated one out of all of them is Batman: The Killing Joke. It just did not work for me. I didn't. The the split of the two storylines just yep. didn't work. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. I've read some reviews that say it it it's depiction of Barbara Gordon in the first half as some simpering Stockholm syndrome esque. Uh, yeah, she was enthralled to a domineering, grooming Batman. You know all this kind of stuff. I didn't necessarily pick up on a lot of that. But the film just it just didn't work for me. And you know, as as one of the seminal Joker graphic novels, I wanted it to be amazing. And yeah. it only needed to be that first half, really, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, uh, ab- ab- without that absolutely. first half, it's much much better. Ab- absolutely. So yeah, I was. I, I mean, all right to say it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's not it's terrible. The most it's disappointing. Just, yeah, it's the most disappointing one out of all of them. That one for me. So I am gonna I am gonna stick that out. Done. That's it. That's, all the rest are amazing. Yeah, all the rest of yeah, it's very difficult to and, pick and, between and, them. And, and I think we should probably say for it for everyone who looks at these animated films and goes, Oh, it just looks a bit Saturday morning cartoonish. You know, honestly, go and watch one. Because mm. yeah, yes, really it's simplistic, it's simplistic animation, but the storytelling, the character work, it, yeah, they're, it, they're not afraid to tell a story. That's what's and, good about it. You know, and in 70 really minutes, yeah. you know, they can pack so much into 70 minutes. And for me, every time for the last few DC live action films, I just feel myself going, they've, they've done better in, in animation. They've told yeah, the yeah. same story in half the time, better in animation. So yeah. if you haven't checked any of these out, go and check, uh, just try them because they're amazing. Yeah. You shouldn't, I mean, you can't. You can't dismiss them for for just being animated. They are no. they are tremendous, and I, I would I would say, I mean, I agree with you. Even in you describing it, Mark, Killing Joke, I would say, out of all of them, um, the original graphic novel, it's got to be tough to adapt because actually, if you you could read it in like I don't know five minutes, it's it's really mm, simple, really short. Yeah. It's really short, and it's down to striking images more than words more than anything else mm. just striking images you know a gun gut shots to yeah. barbara gordon uh a, a, you know a, the joker just cackling while he shows pictures that he's taken of her yeah. wounded body that you know and, and tortures jim gordon with them it's it's all over in a heartbeat and and the decisions batman has to make making that mm. into a movie was a stupid fool's errand. I can almost see why they had to invent some kind of other story to tell because it's a it's you know it's a twenty minute yeah. episode kind yeah. of a story. Um, I would shout out to Batman Ninja. Yes, because, because I mean I know it's not going to be down there as the best, but as a left field choice for just so crazy bomb. proper anime, proper hardcore violence. It's like Batman meets Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> It's in, in feudal Japan. In feudal, yeah, 
it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense on paper but it really it really works but i think and, that's the, that's the beauty of all of them isn't it you could you could almost yes. pick pick yeah. any genre of film and there's been a dc animated film that's done it you know the uh, the doom that came to gotham yeah, is yeah. love lovecrafty yeah. horror meets yeah. 40s noir yes. i mean yes so you, you could know, do yeah. oh, it's just awesome. awesome it is it's an it's an awesome selection um we, and we've reviewed all of them Almost all of them. So go out and check out the reviews and get Batman viewing. Yes. I'm going to answer quickly podcast question. Have you watched Foundation Season 2? Excellent TV and massive upgrade on Season 1. Isn't Tom watching it? Are yeah, you doing it? Mark well, it. well oh. I, I, for my shame, I watched and reviewed the first episode. And but haven't I've gone back. To I've it. only done one more episode after that. I haven't. I haven't kept up to date with it. So shamefully, no, I haven't. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll revisit. We, the we will. Yeah, with when, full when season the... review when yes. when the time comes. Um, but the review of the the season two episode one yeah. is on site. If you want to check that out, and I, but I have been keeping up with uh, comments in the threads, and by all accounts, it started off strong and he's getting and it is finishing even stronger so uh yeah looking forward to uh, finishing season two still waiting for the season seven box set um <laughs> coming soon we'll be checking out the original new sci-fi flick the creator at the cinemas hopefully still getting our hands on uh studio canals 4k releases of cutthroat island cutthroat island today i mean mm-hmm. huh? Have you seen the screenshots? You might not want I mean, to get your hands okay. on it. Well, that and U571. Uh, we're covering the 4K of the others, which is actually on site. And well, already done. Access. It's in early access. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, Eureka's Touch of Evil, which we still have a few more days for it to magically appear. Uh, Disney's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is in early access. And investigating uh, John Wick's spin-off. The Continental, which is Friday, I think. Uh, wh- where are we going to watch this? Does anyone know? It says peacock. That doesn't mean anything to me. It's just an, an animal, bird. <laughs> like, what, are, what are we doing here? Well, I'm watching it on a peacock. I have to find a peacock. Watch you have to peacock. find a peacock. Watch on a peacock. Peacock's a channel TV show, isn't it? Too? Yeah, channel. but no, I know, over I know here, it is. We? But it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, watch it on peacock. But anyway, I'm hoping okay. that that you're, you're becomes gonna... clearer on Friday. Um, do let us know if there's ever anything we've not covered that you think we should check out and that's it for the AB Forums podcast this week my thanks to the movies team if you've enjoyed this podcast please give us a like and subscribe on the channel plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams product reviews and more if you really like this podcast then buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash avforums you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest news, reviews, and videos. Plus, why not leave us a five-star rating on whichever service you choose, if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. I'm Cass Harlow, Ron Burgundy. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for another podcast soon. Bye-bye. See you all soon. Bye. Bye.